Welcome to A Word Fitly Spoken, a podcast about Jesus, His Word, and our joy in following Him. I'm Amy Spreeman. And I'm Michelle Leslie. And welcome to the next episode in our Holy Habits for the New Year series of interviews. When we think about holy habits, we mostly think about things like reading our Bibles, prayer, and church attendance. But today we're going to talk about something that probably doesn't immediately spring to mind when we think about holy habits. But it's something that is very foundational to being faithful to all of those other holy habits, and that's productivity. That's right, Michelle, and I'm really excited about this one because I need it. And today, we are so pleased to welcome Regan Rose to the show. He has a very unique ministry that focuses on biblical productivity and why it's so important to our lives as Christians. Regan, thanks so much for joining us today. Why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners and uh, tell us a little bit about your new book, Redeeming Productivity, Getting More Done for the Glory of God. Well, it's great to be with you both today. I've been looking forward to to chatting with you about this. Um, Yeah, my name is Reagan Rose. I live in Michigan, my wife, Kimberly, and our two little children. We got one more on the way in February as well. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I I lead a ministry called Redeeming Productivity. Previous to that, I served with Grace to You, John MacArthur's ministry um, uh, in the digital platforms department. And went to the master's seminary years ago, and so I I am very passionate about the Bible, but I'm also very passionate about personal productivity and how those two work together. So my book, Redeeming Productivity, came out just this last October with Moody Publishers, and it's all about the the principles, the theological principles that Christians should consider when thinking about productivity, as well as some practices that, so you can actually put that into action and start seeing some traction in your life. And it is really helpful, too. I, I've read it, and it's a great book. Well, when Amy and I are teaching a concept that might be new to some of our listeners, we like to start things off by defining our terms. And I think productivity might be a new concept for some of our listeners. So how would you define productivity and why is productivity a holy habit that's important for Christians to develop? Yeah, I think when we're talking about personal productivity, I think that one of the best ways to define it for Christians is calling it effective stewardship. So how do I take the resources the Lord has given me, my time, my whatever resources I have, my opportunities, and use those as effectively as possible? So I'm not wasting time. I'm, I'm, I'm making sure that the, the output of what I'm doing is most effectively using the inputs of what I'm doing. So that's kind of the highest level principled way I like to think about it. It's just good stewardship. We're just trying to be faithful with what the Lord's given us. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Regan, in your book, Redeeming Productivity, you don't just give the reader a list of things to do to uh, become productive. You also spend a great deal of time discussing the biblical basis for productivity and the theology of productivity. So could you tell us how does a biblical view of productivity differ from a worldly view? Uh, What is the end goal of productivity from a biblical perspective versus a worldly perspective? And how should our motives for being productive look distinctly Christian when compared to the world's motives for being productive? Oh, great question. Yeah, this actually goes to the heart of why I even care about this topic. 
when I was in college, I started getting into personal productivity, reading all the books, listening to different people talk about how do you better use your time? How do you, how can you be more effective? And I started seeing these patterns in the way that secular people talked about productivity. And one of the big ones was whether it was stated outright or just assumed they believed that the purpose of productivity was for your personal success. So mm-hmm. they, they would just assume the reason you would care about better managing your time or whatever it is, is because you're trying to make more money or you're trying to raise your profile so people respect you more, or you're trying to, to get the girl or get the guy. All of it came back to a selfish motivation. And so I think one of the first places to start when you think about productivity from a Christian worldview is the purpose of it isn't for my benefit primarily. It's to to better glorify God. And so that's why I think the stewardship um, metaphor works so well because one, it's biblical, but it it gets to the heart of it. It's God's stuff. My life doesn't belong to me. It belongs to Christ. I've been bought with a price. So I want to use that as effectively as possible. And so Starting there, it just kind of cascades across all of the different motivations for why you even try to get more done. You're you're not hustling to make an extra dollar or 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 whatever. You're you're just trying to be as faithful as you can be because all of it's God's, and uh, you want to make a good return uh, for Him and for His glory. Yes, Amen to that. Yeah, I I really loved your book, Reagan, and I I highly recommend it to all of our readers. And everything you just said is the main reason why, because you explain how being productive, getting things done efficiently, being a good steward of the stuff that God has given us, that's all rooted in Scripture, and it's really to just be part of our character as Christians. Um, but you also give all kinds of practical structures and advice and habits that Christians can put into practice that can be really helpful as God is sanctifying us in the area of productivity. And we don't want to ask you to give away the whole book, but could you describe maybe three or four of those practices for our listeners? Sure. Yeah, I think the one that's been most impactful for my own life, and it's actually the first practice that we talk about in the book is setting up a God-honoring morning routine. It's It sounds so simple, and everybody kind of wishes we had a better morning routine, but I've seen in my own life and with people I've worked more directly with that when you have a plan for what you're going to do when you first get up in the morning, okay, you know, includes Bible reading, includes prayer, includes how you're going to organize, what you're going to work on today. When you have that set and you start following that pattern day after day, it's it's like this lever that that just changes the way that you view life. You start the day feeling like you've already accomplished so much because you have. And a big thing, I talk about this in the book as well, is when you start the day with the Lord, you're offering him the first fruits of your day so that you, you're acknowledging all of this belongs to you, just like they did in the Old Testament where they'd offer up the first fruits. They're saying all of it belongs to you, but I'm giving you the first and the best. We do that with our day it just sets the tone for how we're going to view the rest of it. So morning routine's a big one. Another one uh, is getting organized. Now, I am not an organized person by, by nature, <laughs> by any means. I, I am a mess. So I talk about a, a couple of key areas 
where if you put in a little bit of time to be more organized, specifically with um, your your bedroom, so you're getting good sleep, so you're starting the day off right with your main workspace, whether that's you work in an office or maybe that's that's your own home, um, having things in the right spot is again, it's just faithful stewardship. I I think of somebody if if you were a, a soldier right in the military, they take very seriously keeping things organized and tidy, shining your boots, all of those things. And if I view my life as a stewardship, I don't really have the luxury of just kind of letting things fall over the place. And so I think that it's not a guilt thing, but it, it, it is wise and part of stewardship to find some areas, the key areas in your life and put in the effort so that everything's in its place so you can use that area most effectively for God's glory. That sure makes a lot of sense, Regan. Well, as you can probably guess, our audience is primarily Christian women, and I think most of us can easily see how a lot of the practices you just talked about would benefit a man who's striving to be productive in his job and at home. But how do the routines and practices you mentioned apply to and benefit, for example, a stay-at-home mom juggling four kids under the age of five? And that's pretty stressful. And what if she were to say to you, Regan, I want to be more productive as I manage my home and raise my kids, but I'm surviving on four hours of sleep a night, and there are never enough hours in the day to get everything done. I simply don't have time for the daily, weekly, and monthly routines that you outline in your book. What is, as she might ask, what is the one most important thing I can do at least to become a little more productive? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that homemakers, it is such an interesting uh, uh, vocation when it comes to productivity. Yeah. Be- and it's, it's more difficult in so many ways because it's so unstructured or you you have to be the one who creates the structure. When when you go to a job, there's there's at least some semblance of of order to it. Like there's a beginning and end to the day. Um, there's meetings. There's certain things you have to do. There's due dates. It it's very difficult. Um, I found, in fact, the two groups that I've worked with a lot that I find have similar similar issues when it comes to productivity is stay at home moms and pastors because they mm-hmm. have that in common. The you have to bring the structure to your own day. There's not somebody outside telling you, here's how you need to spend your day. Here's the checkpoints. And that becomes, uh, you're kind of rolling with the punches a lot. And so one big thing I would say is lots and lots of grace. Uh, we, it's so easy to fall into the comparison game. My 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 wife is a stay-at-home mom, and I, I know for her as well, there's there's difficulty comparing. You know, you look, look at... Uh, how your your friend is keeping up with everything at their house and you're like, what? <laughs> I, I, I feel like everything's falling apart around me. So that's a big thing is recognizing that there's grace and that um, different seasons admit for different levels of productivity. So there's seasons of life where everything's kind of falling apart, especially when you have young kids. I have young kids. I know things are falling apart. Um, and you're not going to be able to do every possible thing you could do. You're not going to do even, you know, half the things that I suggest in the book. And and that's okay. It's just a toolbox to draw from. And so picking out some some of these tools, whether it's goal setting or whatever, that's going to help you add a little more structure, be a little bit more faithful. That's all there is. And and you asked what's what's the the biggest one? 
I really do think, and maybe you could push back on this. I really do want to go back to the morning routine thing. It, it doesn't mean you have to wake up at 4.30 in the morning or something <laughs> like that. But I think that having a plan for how you start your day, especially, especially if your days because of a season of life tend to fall into chaos after a certain time, it's so, so wise. Um, even if, if you're able to do do your, your devotions before the kids wake up or with the kids. Um, I think you guys know Marcy Farrell, thankful mm-hmm. homemaker. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I talked to her on my podcast um, earlier this year. And that was one of the things she said. She said, just do your do your devotions with your kids. Get on the couch and read the Bible together. And so mm-hmm. I, I think that, that however you set it up, making a plan for your morning, making a plan for if you have a sliver of time, that you can keep consistent and can have control over setting some order there, I I think will bear really good fruit uh, for your productivity and probably for your sanity too. (laughs) I think so. I mean, I really found that to be true when my kids were younger and I was homeschooling. Um, I always had a lot of people asking me for advice on homeschooling, a lot of moms. uh, And, and I would tell them, you know, you need to, you need to first get up and have your, your own quiet time or whatever. I always had my own quiet time first and got up and got my coffee and got awake and alive first and before my kids would get up. Uh, and sometimes you do have to get up at 4.30 in the morning or whatever, but that's okay, you know. Um, but just that time alone with the Lord was really, really helpful. And, um, and then to have a structure for the school day, because I would see moms that, um, and not obviously not every stay-at-home mom homeschools, but for those who do, I would, I would see a lot of young moms who were, were homeschooling and they had no structure. And, you know, like some days they'd do school and some days they wouldn't, you know, just on regular days, not when anything was going wrong or anything like that. And some days they'd start at eight and some days they'd start at three. And, you know, it was just, chaotic. And and that's especially important. And Reagan, maybe you can speak to this if you want to as well, for your children. Your children need structure. Children need a lot of structure. And it just makes their lives more ordered and they feel more secure. So I would definitely agree with you for, for stay-at-home moms. If you can get up and have that, you know, even just 30 minutes of time to yourself with the Lord, time to get awake and get started. Um, I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, yeah, it's that structure thing is so critical. I know that different people crave different levels of structure, but I think all of us have been designed to thrive in structure. We're made in the image of uh, an orderly God. You know, he he's set seven days a week, the the order of the universe, and I think that we're made to thrive within a reasonable structure. So the the trick is you, if if you don't make it for yourself, you're not going to have it. And I think that's right. that's kind of the thing is stepping back and being <laughs> willing to spend the time planning a little bit, which it's hard to like slow down and pause and be like, okay, I'm not going to get anything done today, but I am getting something done because I'm setting a plan for how I'm going to spend my days or the next month or whatever. That kind of flipping back and forth between action mode and planning mode, I just think really, really bears good fruit. And it just keeps you level-headed too. 
Yeah, speaking of that, I um I can just imagine how good this would be for couples, for married couples, uh, when uh, perhaps one of them is very structured and the other one is kind of willy-nilly, fly by the seat of her pants. Don't ask me how I know this, uh, but <laughs> uh, w- what advice do you have for couples like that, like like her, like me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think like with anything in marriage, there's a lot of give and take to it. My my wife and I are, you know, we, we match up differently on different areas of these things. Um, when it comes to productivity and or organizing, she would laugh about me talking about organizing because <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one, I'm the typical husband who can't find the laundry hamper for his sock. Um, but I, I think a lot of it, like so much with marriage, it's just communication and, and heaps and heaps of grace, recognizing that um, the Lord has, has fit the two of you together with different strengths and different weaknesses. And one of you might be a planner and the other one's not. And there's benefits to both of those. And so you can, if you're not a planner, you can lean into the benefits of that. And the planner can kind of lean into the the benefits of spontaneity can be fun sometimes. So I think recognizing that the differences are are almost your strength is can give you a lot more um, grace with one another as you deal with those things. <laughs> Oh, I appreciate that. Well, on the other end of the spectrum, what about a woman who might be retired and widowed? She doesn't have a job or any deadlines to meet. She's no longer raising children at home or serving her husband. Her time is pretty much her own. How would uh, your productivity strategies apply to her? Mm-hmm. I think the first thing I'd, I'd say to that it, gently is her time is not her own. If, if, as long as we have breath in our lungs, as long as the door, the, as long as the Lord has deigned to let us live another day, that means there's still work to be done. There's, there's still uh, a God to be glorified. There's still, um, there's still things to do. And there are so many unique opportunities for retired people. It's like this massive untapped resource in the church. But my, my mom is retired. She actually um, works a lot with a, a ministering to other retired people with just this message. You have so much, you have this huge benefit of free time. Now you can minister, now you can be used by the Lord in a way that you couldn't have when you were working full-time or when you were raising the kid. And to boot, you may not have the same energy you had when you were younger, but you are loaded with wisdom. And that means it's time to to Titus to this thing and and pass that (laughs) on. Um, So I, I think viewing retirement as uh, as a massive opportunity is a great place to start. Um, but I think that retired people are going to run into some of those same problems we talked about that um, stay-at-home moms or pastors run into is you have to create the structure. You've got to create the plan. People aren't banging down your door saying, go, go, go. And I think a lot of people, when they hit retirement, realize that their whole life, they've basically just been responding to urgent things. So requests, someone says, can you do this? Or hey, this meeting's coming up or whatever. Uh, and then suddenly their time is in their own hands. And so I think the 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 call there then is to be proactive and, and figure out how can I best use this time? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, that's something that I've been trying to teach in our sort of text to women's ministry kind of thing that we're doing church 
is just trying to encourage those older women to come out and and disciple the younger women. Come, to, you know, come to some of the things that we're doing and and share your wisdom and share your, you know, your experience and your your godly maturity with these younger mm-hmm. women who need you so desperately. Yeah. And I think that really taking some of your advice that's especially that's in the book uh, and putting that into practice and setting your own structure for your retirement time will will help you to be able to carry out the the ministries that God wants you to carry out more effectively mm-hmm. and more efficiently and to sort of get the most bang for your retirement buck, right? You know, exactly. Um, so, so that's really important. Absolutely. Well, here's something else. I, this is something I've been thinking about lately, Reagan, and I, I think it relates to productivity in a way. And it, it certainly relates to Christian books. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. I think a lot of times when a Christian identifies an issue in her life that needs improvement or she needs help with a difficult situation she's going through, she'll ask her friends or she'll get on social media and she'll say, can anybody recommend a good book about whatever the issue is? And she'll go out and get that book and read it. And I think without even realizing it, in many cases, we expect the mere act of reading that book to fix the problem. Reagan, I have read your book cover to cover, <laughs> and I am not one lick more productive than before I read it. I'm, I'm the same as I was before, only now I feel guilty that I'm not more productive. So why <laughs> didn't simply reading your book make me more productive? <laughs> well, first of all, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not your I, fault. It's my fault. <laughs> no, I, I know what you mean. And there's almost a there's a term, uh, productive procrastination, which I've always liked that term. A what lot of times <laughs> it's where we, we look for things instead of doing the thing we know we should do. We look for things that feel like they're productive. Like, you know, it's like when you go and like clean the kitchen oh. instead of doing the thing, you know, you should do yeah. or when you, instead uh, of writing. I, yeah. Instead of writing. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that a lot of times we can do that with books too, where we could just keep piling on the information. Cause like, Oh yeah, I'm reading. And so I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, it's, it's, I'm getting information, but if you don't put it into action, nothing's going to change. But but I do think it's important, you know, that people use the expression head, heart, hands, that you've got you've got to get truth, you've got to get knowledge, and then it's got to change your your beliefs. And in as far as what's in my book is biblical, I hope it would change people's beliefs. And that that next step then is to try to take take a first step, implement it. If if you're if you're convinced, yes, that my life's a stewardship, I I need to make some improvements. Just pick, you pick one thing and you say, okay, I'm going to start here and I'm going to start trying um, this. I have, a, I have a chapter in the book on goal setting. I think that's a great next step after people grow, grow convinced I should, I should do something is you identify an area of your life. I talk about, I call them domains of stewardship. You look at an area of your life, like your personal life or your health or something. And you say, I want to, I want to make some strides. I want to make some changes here. And then you make a plan. What what are the things I'm going to do? You don't try to change everything at once. You don't try to implement everything at once. You just pick one little area and you start working on it. And you you learn along the way and you start to see fruit and you you grow encouraged. And it's it's something to aim at, right? It's right. something to aim at. And I think that's, at least for me, I need that. I need some definition <laughs> for what is it that I'm chasing right now. And you you can create that for yourself, obviously, you know, submitting your plans to the Lord and seeking to do it in in his strength. But 
I think that's a great way to, to start actually implementing after you've, you've grown convinced that you need to start making changes. It really oh, is. And sometimes you just in. have to, you just have to just do it. You just have to make yourself, you yeah. know, define that one thing you need to do to get started. And then, you know, God's not going to levitate you out of the bed and get, <laughs> you know, make you do it. You just have to put one foot in front of the other and just do it. Right. Yeah. It's just obedience. Yeah. 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 What's, what wonderful tips that you've had, and uh, I know I'm really excited about this. Is there anything else that uh, you would like to share with our listeners that perhaps we didn't ask you about? I just think I, I always try to remind people when I talk about this stuff, productivity can be a loaded word. Um, what we're after is not trying to become as busy as possible, you know, trying to fill our life with as much things as possible. We're after faithfulness, and that's going to look different for every person. And you don't need to, we don't need to compare, you know, we talked about stewardship, the parable uh, of the talents, you know, which talks about stewardship. One of the, one of the things we're supposed to take away from that is that each steward was entrusted with differing amounts. And so what the Lord has entrusted to you may look far different than someone else. And that that's okay. What you're, what you're called to do is just be as faithful as you can with that and, and keep being encouraged uh, the, the Lord is with you. He wants to help you to grow in this stuff. He, he wants us to bear much fruit, right? It says in John 15, yes. five, right? He, he wants that. And so we stay connected to the true vine. We keep walking with him. And I think employing some really simple common grace strategies enables you to be more fruitful so that God's more glorified. Hmm. So being productive is not being a workaholic though, right? Exactly. Exactly. And I, I try to, I try to define that, that it's more than just work. Like you can, it is not productive to, if you define it as stewardship and, and God's given you multiple responsibilities to steward, it's not productive to steward only one of those areas to the neglect of the other one. So if you steward only your job and you neglect your family, uh, you haven't been faithful. You've actually, you've failed. That's not a good thing. You, you actually haven't been productive. And you, you have to get your rest and everything too. And you have to eat exactly. right and exercise to fuel yourself, to be able to be productive in all those areas. So you yeah. don't want to neglect those things for work. Either. It's a whole you know, life thing. Work yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, Reagan, it's been so great to have you on the show today and we'll add your links in the show notes, but where can our listeners find your book and where can they find you on the web, your blog, your social media and so forth? You can find everything on redeemingproductivity.com. There's links to everything. I sent out a weekly newsletter, which you can sign up for there, which is called Reagan's Roundup. And it's just different resources that are going to be helpful for Christians who are seeking to excel in this area. That is so great. Thank you so much. Um, and just we just want to thank you again for coming on the show and, and helping us to learn about productivity today. Yes. Thank, thank you. you it's Reagan. been a joy. I appreciate you both. Thank you. Well, Michelle, I really learned a lot today about the holy habit of productivity. How about you, listeners? What did you learn? Head on over to our Facebook page or Instagram or Twitter page and leave us a comment on this post for this episode telling what you learned from or enjoyed about today's show. You can find the direct links on our social media pages, along with lots of other great resources at our website, awordfitlyspoken.life. And until next time, ask the Lord to sanctify you in productivity and walk worthy.